Fourth and one. Surveys, good protection, slides, fires, broken up in the end zone. Gilmore on Sutton. And then in the day, you know, uh, throwing two interceptions can't happen. Can't happen. Um, you know, I let the team down tonight. And uh, the good thing is, one thing I know about myself is I'm going to respond. I'll know any other way. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I'm sorry, but it's been just a busy, busy day. I'm taking a vacation day on Monday. I'm trying to get everything lined up. I I had no time today. I'm sorry. Before close of business today, I have to make a call. Uh, I have to call my uh, investment broker. I've been working some deals, and I'm investing in real estate. Do you mind if... Give me two minutes really quick. I'm I'm actually going to give him a call. His name's Terry. Hold on. Let me grab my office phone. All right, and call. Hold on. I swear this will only take a minute. I'm sorry. I got to do this real quick. Yeah, Terry. Terry, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm on air, but I wanted to catch you before you leave the office. Yeah, I just wanted to check in on the the price of that property we've been talking about this week. Uh, which property? The property in the uh, anti-Russell Wilson development. Yeah, I've owned it for, yeah, like four or five years now I've owned it. Yeah. Yeah, price is up. I bet the price is up. You're right. No, I would not like to sell. No, 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 no. In fact, if I can get more, I, I will. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. The, the development's getting really busy. Everyone wants it. I know, I know. But I, I've been here the longest. People will realize that. You know, it's fine. No, don't sell. Do, do not sell. The price will only keep going up. I'll, I'll hold. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right, cool. I just, I just want to make sure my, my investment was good. Yeah. So it's just to clarify one, one, one more time. The lot, it's a corner lot. It's its a huge lot. The anti-Russell Wilson development, that one? Yeah. I think about about five years ago. Yep, that's the one. All right, hold. All right, thanks, Terry. Yeah. You have a good weekend as well. All right. Sorry, I just had to get that out of the way with. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an outstanding Friday. I just, you know, I got to take care of my finances and my investments just stay on, stay on top of things. Financially responsible. Hope your week is wrapping up nicely. Tonight's show is going to be really fun. Thursday night football was, I mean, it was garbage last night, but it gave us so many interesting things to talk about. So we're no doubt going to talk about what happened last night. And I want to use last night and what we're seeing with Matt Ryan and what we're seeing with the Broncos and Russell Wilson and with Nathaniel Hackett. And I think we can use what we saw last night to speak about the Packers and to speak about the state of the NFL as a whole. We talked a little bit yesterday about Tom Brady's words, right? He's saying there's a lot of bad football right now. I see a lot of bad football. I think there's a lot of bad football from what I watch, you know. (laughs) I watch a lot of bad football, a lot of, yeah, poor quality of football. That's what I see. So that was, was that yesterday morning or was that Wednesday he said that? Anyways, Brady sounded very smart because we all sat down to watch Thursday night football in what in theory should have been a, a pretty good, interesting game. Colts have a good roster. Jonathan Taylor is a superstar. I really like Michael Pittman. Alec Pierce had, or Alex Pierce had a great night last night. The problem is it, it just, it sucked. And then the Broncos have all this talent, wide receivers and running backs, and they're dealing with injuries too, but their defense is also great. And they're at home and it sucked. It really just poor quality of football. And I think there's a lot to be gleaned from last night with the quarterbacks and with the coaches and with just what we're seeing with to use Brady's words again, just 
just crummy football, low-quality football. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about, obviously, the Packers and their trip to London. They're there right now. They flew out last night, as we have discussed at length, the itinerary and the travel plans and the schedule and yada, 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 all that, right? So I want to talk about that tonight as well. And Rob Reichel going to be here at 4.30. I actually talked to him earlier today. I came into the office around 10, gave Rob a call. We chatted about some things. I saved that clip, and I'm going to play it for you at 4.30. He's actually golfing, uh, I believe, with his daughter, he said today. So he's obviously got better things to do than, than join my show. That is a better thing to do than join my show, but he was really gracious with his time this morning. We chatted for about 15 minutes, and I'll play you that conversation. Coming up at 4.30, 608-796-2558. If you want to text or call the show, and you can tweet at me, at Wisco Grant. Sorry, my buddy. <laughs> my buddy just sent me a, a tweet. And it's Russell Wilson, quote, Broncos country, let's ride. And then it says, the ride. And the picture is JFK in the back of the convertible. Oh, no. Oh, no. Let's talk about last night. 12 to 9, the Colts winning at mile high last night. For the fans that stayed around to see it. We saw on Thursday Night Football last night. Maybe you didn't stay up. If you didn't, I wouldn't blame you. It was like a car accident. I couldn't look away. Right, A lot of fans were leaving towards the end of the fourth quarter. They're like, I don't even care if this game goes overtime. I don't even care if my Broncos win. I'm, I'm out of here. That was one of the worst football games I've ever seen from two teams that were actually trying. Right, like I've seen worse high school games when coaches are stubbornly trying to get three yards a pop and right play field position and pump the ball. Like, Sure, but those are high school kids. And I've seen worse football from the Bears, for example, who are basically cosplaying every week as a high school team or as the Navy midshipmen. Like, they're not trying to be good. They're trying to be the Bears. That was one of the worst NFL games I've ever seen. Maybe the worst relative to expectation because there's good players on both of these teams. And Matt Ryan is very much over the hill, and I don't think Russell Wilson is very good. You've known that for a long time, but they're better than last night. Oh, my God. Pound for pound, that might be the worst football game I've ever seen relative to expectation. And yet there's a million different things I want to talk about. I could have gone on air at 11 p.m. last night. I I was thinking about all these different things that I couldn't wait to talk about on the show. Let's start with Russell Wilson. I'm not going to dance on his grave today. It's not funny. It's just sad, right? Like, complaining about Russell Wilson was really fun three years ago when we were the only ones doing it. But now everyone else has kind of joined the party, and it's kind of sad. I almost feel bad for him. I don't, but I, you know, I almost do. I don't know what his deal is right now. He's never been great. You know, early on in Seattle, he was very much a game manager playing behind an unbelievably good elite defense and a great head coach. And then, yeah, he developed more as a passer, but it never really led to anything. Like Russell Wilson, in my mind, has never been great. And that's why when people say, well, he'll be a Hall of Famer. Okay, really, though? Like, think of the era that he's played. Brady's better. Rodgers better. Breeze is better. Peyton Manning is better. A couple, you know, years ago. Now Mahomes is better. Now Josh Allen is better. When has Russell Wilson ever had a shred of a claim, an ounce of a claim to, to be one of the top quarterbacks in the league? He's never got an MVP vote. That's not just a funny anecdote. That matters. So when people say, well, he's a Hall of Famer. Okay, well, maybe in your crummy crap-ass Hall of Fame. Not in, not in mine, right? He's never been great in my eyes, but he's never been this bad. This is the most rust thing ever. At the end of the fourth quarter last night, they're up three, 213 left. They're at the doorstep of, of what, the 10-yard line, the 12-yard line, somewhere in there. All they have to do is get the ball in play, run a play, run some clock, get it to the two-minute warning, kick a field goal, go up six, and and put the Colts away. And Russ got to try to throw the touchdown. I don't know if he was trying to goose his stats. 
I guess I can't really blame him because Hackett and Russell Wilson probably felt like they needed to score a touchdown last night. And I don't really blame him for that, but that's also a product of the terrible circumstances that they created for the first three and a half quarters of this game. And also, I think there's this weird element with Russ where he feels the need to uh, to prove that he can do it. It's like, well, dude, you didn't need to prove it. You needed to win a game and get out of there in one piece last night, and you couldn't do it. And it was because of that interception that left the door open for the corpse of Matt Ryan to march down the field and, and score. Now, former teammates and players and media people are now very comfortable slamming slamming Russ. This is Kyle Brandt this morning. Maybe you heard this. This is going places really fast. The last play is meaningful, not in just that it was KJ Hamler or not that he missed. It's the reaction afterwards from Hamler. It's spiking the helmets. It's that I don't know. I don't know when Russell Wilson turned into Mitch Trubisky, but uh, I wish he would turn into Geno Smith so they could win a game. <laughs> okay, because Geno makes that play ten times out of ten, and then afterwards, you know, they got a fourth and one. They want to go for it, and look at that. That is a teammate that is on national television that is at home. Afterwards, it's just perfect. They they pass when maybe they should have run. I think Russell Wilson is one of the least authentic personalities we have in this league. I think Russell Wilson is a poser. And that doesn't mean he's a bad person. I actually think he's a good person. I think he tries to be something that he's not. And when you make the $245 million, you either got to be a really great guy with the locker room who loves you, or you got to be an amazing player. Brady, who makes half of what Russell's making, is both. Rodgers, MVP. Patrick Mahomes, both. Allen, people love him. He's amazing. Kyler, we'll find out. Russell Wilson, first of all, the NFL, the Broncos fan base has no history with him. They have no allegiance to him. This is not a Seahawks thing that they drafted him. They grew up with him. He's their guy. None of that. You know, I, got, you know, I work the, the NFL honors. I work the red carpet. Kelsey comes by. Rodgers comes by. Russell Wilson shows up with his sunglasses and his wife, and they, I think they think they're, they're Jay-Z and Beyonce, and they will literally put their hand up and say no we're not talking why because you think you're that cool and you're that famous and you're that amazing and everything is so perfect that does not work in a locker room unless you were really good or really really good guy it just doesn't work 245 million bucks that can come unraveled fast when i was listening to a little bit of pat mcafee and aj hawk and them reacting to last night's game this afternoon pat mcafee said hey did you hear kyle brant cut a promo this morning against against russell wilson which i thought was awesome I've never heard anyone word it that way. I thought that was really funny. Shout out to the professional wrestling fans. I'm not one, but I can appreciate it. Man, everyone's piling on Russ. I want to talk a little bit about Nathaniel Hackett. And then I want to talk about Matt LaFleur. I think there's a, a, a vast, detailed conversation that we can have tonight about the state of coaching in the NFL. We don't need to dwell on Russ. Look, I... like. People, I, so I've badmouthed Russ for a long time. You might think that, oh, last night, Grant, you must really feel vindicated. Look, I felt vindicated years ago. I know that I'm right. I, I don't always need to see it play out. I, I know that I'm right. I'd rather talk about coaching. I'd rather talk about Nathaniel Hackett. I actually have a lot of sympathy for Nathaniel Hackett, and not just because he was a coach in Green Bay, and we had him for two years, and by all accounts, seems like a nice guy, seems funny. Players like being around, and people like coaching with him. I have some sympathy for Nathaniel Hackett because – being a head coach for the first time is hard. There's all of these little individual things that you never think about that until you're a head coach, you'd, you'd never consider, you'd never weigh. And now you're in, in, in that spot and you're, oh my God, I got to decide this and that. And I got to be in charge of this, that, and the other thing. It's a lot. And he's got a lot of young assistants and his team is injured, injured. They've lost Randy Gregory. They've lost Javante Williams. They're losing everybody. They lost uh, Tim Patrick before the season. His quarterback stinks. He's not playing well. Russell Wilson's not playing at all. Not at all what Denver signed up for when they made that trade and signed that contract. And to boot, 
All of their games have been in primetime so far. So everyone in the country is putting this team and Nathaniel Hackett under the microscope. I can't really blame Nathaniel Hackett for last night too much, specifically. It's not like he kicked a field goal when he shouldn't have or punted when he shouldn't have. I, you know, you could talk about how their offense looks and this, that, the other thing. But, look, Russell Wilson's got to be a part of that. And the execution's got to be better. And you got to cut back on the penalties. I Look, you can't just hang all of this on Nathaniel Hackett. There's one thing that happened last night that I hated, and I tweeted about it after the game at Wisco Grant. Nathaniel Hackett was overthinking at the end of the game. And I said this about Malafleur yesterday. So many of these young coaches that are offensive engineers, whether it be Zach Taylor or Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay or Matt LaFleur or now Mike McDaniel in Miami or Nathaniel Hackett, who is obviously under LaFleur in Green Bay, these guys can scheme up offense with the best of them. They can create an offense. They can call plays. They can layer the running game on top of the passing game and set up play action. And they can put guys in motion and get yards after the catch. And they can orchestrate an offense. But these guys think like coordinators. They don't think necessarily like coaches. And Matt LaFleur, we're seeing it big time this week. He, he's he's gonna, He's constipating himself because he can't relax about taking a flight to London. He's not going to Mars. He's going to London. And he just won't relax. Same with Hackett, same with McVeigh, same with Shanahan. They think like coordinators. They don't think like coaches, right? And at the end of the game, Broncos are going for it on fourth down to try to win it, and they should. Absolutely. Right call. But when I see Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur go for it, or, you know, think of some, you know, Todd Bowles and Tom Brady. Think of Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley. When these good quarterbacks are going for it on fourth down, there's never any question. There's never any debate. There's never any delay. There's never a gnashing of teeth. You get up there and you go because it's what you do. It's it's business as usual. Oh, fourth and two? All right, here we go. Line it up. Let's rock. Let's go. And last night, the Broncos come up on fourth and two. They go for it, which is the right call. Then there's a timeout taken by the Colts. Everyone goes back to the sideline. Discuss, discuss, discuss. Oh, tweak this, adjust this, change this play. Then they line up again. And then Nathaniel Hackett takes a timeout. Back to the sidelines. Tweak, adjust. Change the play. Shift it this way. Flip it flip it left. Flip it right. Now all of a sudden, we've, we've put such a microscope on this play. We've blown this play so out of proportion. It was a very routine fourth and two. Right? It was a very high percentage play for a quarterback like Russell Wilson with weapons like he has. That, that should be an easy play. That's not a play that should require minutes and minutes of prep and debate and discussion. Get up there and go. And Nathaniel Hackett and taking that timeout, and he made it a thing. He made it a thing. And that's what Matt LaFleur does with travel or with this, that, and the other thing. That's what Shanahan does. That's what McVay does. These guys make big deals out of things that aren't big deals. Right? And I think we're seeing this. There, there's, there is a, an excellent surplus right now of high-quality offensive coaches. Now, the offense across the league is is down, and we could talk about reasons why that is. I don't think it's because there's a lack of good scheme or good play callers. I think so many head coaches were hired for their offensive acumen, and they don't really excel at anything else. It's not to say they're bad. I think Matt LaFleur has a lot of redeeming qualities outside of his offense, but then there's also big weaknesses. Same with, with McVay and Shanahan, and obviously with Nathaniel Hackett last night. It's like, man, why, why are you putting this play under the microscope? Why are you making it a big deal you're speaking stress and nervousness into existence. And we've seen Matt LaFleur do the same thing with this trip to London this week, which is what I want to talk about coming up next. 608-796-2558. Give me a call or a text. You can find me on Twitter as well, at Wisco Grant.
Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. We're talking about LaFleur Thursday night football last night. What a travesty that was. My name is Grant Bills on Twitter at Wisco Grant, and I just tweeted out a little video clip. Off to the side here, I've been watching Phillies and Cardinals. And the Cardinals have given up six runs in the top of the ninth, blowing a two to nothing lead. And, uh, well, you hate to see it, first and foremost. Just hate to see it. Uh, but I really love to see, especially, that Ryan Helsley, their center, uh, gave up four earned runs himself because this season he used Hell's Bells as an intro, and he never deserves to save a game after that. If you're going to rip off Trevor Hoffman's music, middle finger to you, sir. Also, uh, Cardinals fans headed for the exits. Best fans in baseball. Wow. Hate to see that. Hey, oh. Uh, let's rip Russell Wilson more. No, I'm actually not going to do that that much tonight. Talk a little bit about Nathaniel Hackett and some of these younger coaches, these offensive coaches in the league, they just stink at a lot of things. And I thought Nathaniel Hackett on that fourth down, calling a timeout, making it a big deal. I thought he put extra stress on a situation last night that should have been very routine. We see teams go for it all the time with the game on the line. Fourth downs have become very routine. And I thought, then Nathaniel Hackett made the right choice going for it last night and not kicking the field goal, put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But also take a deep breath and just let it rip. Don't call a timeout and get into debate and you're talking to Russ as he's walking back to the field. Just, man. Pete in Chippewa says, Russell Wilson killed my fantasy team. Moving on to Geno Smith. Please stop talking about the game. Please uh, just do a Catholic funeral for Russell Wilson. I could. Should we do one of those every day? Maybe a little bit much. Says, what time will you talk about the Draymond Green punch? Uh, I don't know. Maybe 6.30. We'll get <laughs> we'll get there. We're going to do a lot of NFL tonight, including Robert Reichel, coming up in just a few minutes. He'll join us after our next break. Love Rob Reichel. Reichel, Reichel, for Seinfeld fans out there. Nathaniel Hackett, classic overthinking last night. Here is what coaches need to do in the NFL. Coaches need to strike a very, very difficult balance. And this is what I've been thinking about. I, I think I, I finally put it into words. What I'm looking for from Matt LaFleur, what I'm looking from from Shanahan or McVay or any of these young offensive coordinator types that have now ascended to be head coaches. Nathaniel Hackett, you know, obviously played last night. We're talking about him too. They need to strike this balance. They need to be insanely prepared and well-read and they need to process all the data and take into account all the numbers and the probabilities and the possibilities for all the decision-making. They need to have everything scheduled out to the nth degree. They need to be at work almost all of the time. They need to put all the work in and prepare. All while making it seem very natural, second nature, right? And this this isn't just a, a football coach thing. We see this in people who are performers for a living, right? Musicians or stand-up comedians these people get on stage and they make it look easy. And you're like, man, that guy was born to play the guitar. Well, actually, he's played guitar for 25 years and he spends four hours playing every single day, doing exercises and stretching with his fingers and playing scales, really boring stuff. But you don't see that. You just see him on stage and you're like, wow, that guy's a natural. Well, he makes it look like he's a natural and he is, but it also takes an insane amount of work. Or a stand-up comedian, you go see him and you're like, wow, that, that, that comic... She really, she made me laugh for two hours straight. She's doing what she was born to do. Well, yes, yes, stand-up comedians definitely have a gift, but they also 
write their material out. Go back and rewrite it. Go back and rewrite it. Go to a club and try it. Bomb. Go back and let, like, we're seeing the finished product. And with NFL coaches, I want to see the finished product, right? I want to see Matt LaFleur step off the plane in London with his team with a smile on his face, excited to be abroad, promoting the game, promoting the Packers brand, playing in a, in a standalone game on NFL Network. I don't need to know that in his head, he's stressed out. I don't need to know that he's freaked out about travel plans and timing. I, I don't want to see that. I want to see the finished product. That's the balance that coaches have to strike. They need to be prepared and they need to focus on the schedule and the game planning and they need to do all the things, but they need to present as if it's all natural. So when that high leverage moment in the game comes up and it's time to go for it on fourth and second and the quarterback looks to the sideline, the coach is just like, we got this. This is easy. Now it's easy because I was preparing all week and I've been stressing about it and I've been up all night trying to think about what this play would be if this situation comes up, but I prepared and now it's, it's just gravy. All right, let's go do it. Make it look easy, even though it wasn't easy. It's like a duck. You know, the duck, they look like they're gliding across the water, but underwater, they're kicking just furiously. It's the same idea. That's the balance that coaches need to strike. But all too often, you pan to the sideline and Nathaniel Hackett looks like he's about to throw up. Or you pan to the sideline and Matt LaFleur looks constipated and he he looks like he's grinding his teeth. Calm down. I think Matt LaFleur is so bent out of shape about their travel to London. This is a story Mike Clemens told me when he joined the show on Tuesday. When the schedule came out, there was a quiet Saturday press conference in May. I was there. It was just about six or seven of us. And so I said to LaFleur, um, hey, so the, you know, the London game is confirmed now. So, you know, what's that going to be like? He says, I, And he was very clear. He gave us the whole plan. He said, I've done this twice, once with the Rams, once with the Titans. You leave Thursday night, okay? And then, you know, you fly all night from Green Bay into London. And then you, you keep your guys awake. You go from the airport, and then, you know, you have some meetings and maybe a practice or stuff like that. But you try and keep them up till about 7 o'clock Friday, you know, London time, and then let them get to bed. And that way, if they can, they'll be tired as hell Friday night, get a good night's sleep then. They'll be more adjusted on Saturday night. And then when they play Sunday afternoon London time, which I think is 8.30 Wisconsin time, then, then they'll be all set. And the schedule came out today, and that's pretty much what they're doing. It's like they've got these practices at noon London time Friday after they fly Thursday night, but that's like, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning here. So and that's what, you know, he's going to make them fly in the plane. They'll probably sleep for a couple hours and then get through their walkthroughs. Uh, they're, he's, Aaron Rodgers won't hold his press conference until he's there in front of the NFL people. And then give him the afternoon off and you know let him sleep it off that way. But that's, that's his approach from having made that trip twice. That was interesting. So even months ago, Matt LaFleur was just dialed in on this stuff. Again, you should plan. It's, it's a massive undertaking traveling with that many people and figuring out the timing and everything. You can't just waltz up to the airport and say, oh, whatever, the next flight to London, please. And then you land in London. Oh, I wonder where we're going to stay. You, you can't just float through life. Don't get me wrong. You need to have a structured plan and, and you need to have a schedule and it needs to have a rhyme and a reason. But I don't I don't want to see the stress presented in my head coach. I don't want to hear him talk about it. That that stuff stays behind the scenes. I want an aura of confidence and, and, and easygoingness. Luke tweets in at Wisco Grant. He says, seeing how neurotic and over meticulous Hackett is as a head coach makes me think he was that guy for Matt LaFleur. And now we're seeing Matt LaFleur exhibit some of that because now he's that guy. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I just want everybody to calm down. 
You don't need to be so nervous. You don't need to be so bent out of shape. Like, this is Rodgers. Rodgers talked about this on Wednesday in his locker room interview. He said, hey, why does this have Matt LaFleur so freaked out? Listen, coaches are creatures of habit even more than players. Anytime there's a minute adjustment to the schedule, it throws them all out of whack. So I wouldn't read too much into that. Listen, we're all excited. I think the reason I said I want to go over early is just to experience a little bit of that culture. You know, to be able to get out and see some sights and interact with fans and, shoot, go to a pub and have a Guinness or or whatever the local brew is. Uh, that's what we all want to do. You know, those of us that want to go over early, coaches are so concerned with, you know, the idiosyncrasies of the schedule and stuff. So any minute... Uh, you know, change in that's going to throw them off. But I think overall, everybody's super excited to get, o- get over there. Obviously, you know, the, w- the time we're leaving uh, might put a little stress on the on the schedule, but that's that's way down at the bottom of the concerns. We're just excited to get over there, playing at a great stadium. Um, you know, it's it's for us, it's a dream. I mean, I've been talking about doing this for years since they started this. Couldn't wait to get over there. But knowing that nobody wants to give up a Green Bay Packers home game. So it's it's exciting to finally get a chance to go over. I actually love what I'm hearing from Rodgers this week. So lighthearted. I, I can't wait to get over there. It's going to be super cool. You know, we've been, I've been wanting to do this for years. That's what we need. I actually think Aaron Rodgers is, is providing something through his media availability. Again, as a quarterback, your media availability is super important. You are a PR arm for the organization, right? Everything that the quarterback says should be to quiet and calm down controversy, to eliminate any drama, to be in lockstep with what the coach is saying and the organization is saying, to avoid any crossed wires or discord. A quarterback's press conference is really important. And I love what I'm hearing from Rodgers this week and that he's he's lighthearted. Well, I don't know why Matt's so bent out of shape. We'll get over there just fine, well, and, and, it'll be, and it'll be a blast. I can't wait to go over there. I've been wanting to do this for years. Mason Crosby saying the same thing. That's what we need. That's what we need. I wish it was also coming from our head coach, but, hey, I'll take it from my quarterback. Uh, that almost carries the exact same weight, maybe even more weight. 608-796-2558. Send me a text or tweet me at Wisco Grant. Rob Reichel is going to join us next. I chatted with him just before lunch today. He was great, super generous with his time. I love Rob. He also put out an article, Forbes.com, and it was in all the Conley papers today as well, about this exact thing we're talking about, about Matt LaFleur being so bent out of shape. So I'm going to tweet out that link, at Wisco Grant, and we're going to chat with Rob Reichel. Coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We'll talk more about Malafleur. We'll talk more about Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Broncos country, if you'd like. Thursday night football last night was something to behold. It was so bad that it was good. Football's always good, even when it stinks. Let's be real. No one was going to bed last night. We were hooked. We were not walking away from the TV. As much as we'd like to think that we have better things to do, we did not. So we'll talk more about last night. We can preview Packers, Giants, and talk about the X's nose and travel to London. However, before we do, uh, we got to talk with our friend Rob Reichel of Forbes and Conley Media. Reichel, Reichel where we discussed earlier today the Packers' strange erotic journey from Green Bay to London. That is maybe too niche of a Seinfeld reference, but I'd like to think someone listening got the joke. Rochelle Rochelle was a great episode. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to tweet out Rob's link. 
to the story it dropped this morning about the travel to London and how Matt LaFleur's got to lighten up a little bit. Here's the discussion I had with Rob earlier today. We got Rob Reichel here. You can read his stuff at Forbes. Conley Media's got a post out today about Matt LaFleur that echoes a lot of the things that we've been talking about. Travel to London and just the way this team is is wired and the personality of Coach Matt LaFleur. Rob, it's been a couple of weeks. I think the last time we chatted was right before the season started, and we were talking about how Amari Rogers might be a running back three, and that obviously aged like milk. So uh, it's been a little while <laughs> since we've talked. <laughs> how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. This Packers season is aging me, and then last night's game aged me. I think everyone who watched Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan traded uh, – I don't know if they were trading blows or what they were trading last night. I think that aged everyone a little bit as well. Yeah, I think anybody that turned off their TV set was the real winner last night. Yeah, so, and we'll, we'll be spent, back next spent, week spent, for the Bears. Spent some time with the family or threw in, you know, uh, started watching reruns of Yellowstone or something. Yeah, something. Well, next week, uh, Commanders Bears. I can't wait. I will be in the same spot next Thursday night. Uh, at least those games or those teams admit that they stink, unlike the two teams that uh, we were watching last <laughs> night. Let's talk about Matt LaFleur. Um, they're going to London, or I guess they're in London now, but a lot of the audio that I've seen and heard from the Packers press conferences this week has been about travel. And to be fair to LaFleur and these guys, right, it's what the Packers beat is asking about because they want to get an idea of how this London trip works. And and I get that, but Matt LaFleur seems so obsessed on every little detail of this trip. And even on Monday, Rob, I said, this gives me bad vibes. I think he's overthinking it. I I think everyone's going to be really tight and really in their head about this and, and my worry has not gone down as the week goes on. Let's just say that. You know why I'll disagree with you, Grant? And everything you said there is right. You know, LaFleur has not handled this particularly well, and, and I ripped him in a column about it today. This is a unique experience for everybody involved right now inside that organization and, and, and really for the franchise on a whole. I mean, they've been around more than 100 years, as we all know, and, and never, Grant, in, in a regular season have they ventured outside the country. I mean, the, 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 this, this should be um, a, a time that I, I get it. There's, there's some hurdles and it's tricky. But, you know, in general, this should be a time and a moment that they celebrate. This is a remarkable, yeah. uh, you know, weekend in, 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 in a, you know, the most historic franchise, you could argue, in, in football. And they've never experienced anything like this, Grant. And, you know, to be part of that is, is a unique thing. You know, and, and, and Matt LaFleur has, you know, kind of been the guy to – uh, you know, just kind of, kind of uh, I, you always say, you know, every party has a pooper. Matt's a pooper, mm-hmm. isn't he? And he's, and he, and he's kind of raining on the parade. And, 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 he has, and he's trying to take the fun out of it in, in so many ways. But, but here's why I'll, I'll tell you that, that, that I think they'll be just fine come Sunday. The organization's greatest ambassador through this whole thing has been Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And yeah. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, you know, is, is kind of the guy everybody looks to first and foremost inside that locker room. Rogers has embraced this with open arms. He's giddy about it. He's excited. You know, when, when you and I are talking right now, Grant, they've, they've been in London for a handful of hours. He's already met with the media over there. I saw the transcripts from that. He, he's thrilled to be there. He, you know, he's talking about soccer that he wants to see. He's going to roam the city Friday night and, and go to pubs and, 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 Grant, a lot of his teammates are kind of echoing what Rodgers is saying, more so than LaFleur. Yeah. And, you know, you know, Alan Lazard just finished a, a Q&A right now, when, when, you know, shortly after when you and I are talking, and he was talking about getting out through the city today and, you know, uh, you know venturing into pubs and things like that tonight. A lot of these guys want to see soccer. Uh, the, the overwhelming majority of these guys, Grant, are, are giddy. They're, they're thrilled to be there. And and I and I think they're in the right 
mindset. You know, Matt LaFleur is not going to leave his hotel. He, he, he's been there twice before. He was there with the Rams. He was there with the Titans. And, and he said, I never left my hotel. Maybe I'll be back in the summer. Um, yeah. We all know we all know that's probably not going to happen because Matt LaFleur is a football robot, and, and I don't think he takes a lot of time away, uh, you know, from the game itself. Um, you know, but, but specifically for Sunday, Grant, you know, I, I, I do think when it's all said and done, uh, you know, LaFleur's La, La schedule made a lot of sense. Um, I, I, I think he's got them probably in a pretty good place, as good as you could be physically for when kickoff arrives. Mm-hmm. And, and I think because of the quarterback, they're going to be just fine mentally. Well, and I love that Aaron Rodgers is embracing it. I, I think presentation is, is a, a huge part of this. Right, Rob? Matt LaFleur has every reason to stress about this trip, about the travel. Like, I I talked to Mike Clemens on the show last night, and it's a big deal taking this many people across the ocean. you got to stay someplace. you got to have a schedule. Like, everything's got to make sense. You can't just waltz into London. Eh, We'll practice sometime. We'll sleep. There are details that need to be taken care of. But Matt LaFleur shouldn't be showing that on the outside. He should simply be saying, man, this is exciting. You know, it's a bear. We got to get the schedule figured out. But how cool is this? We get to go play in London. This is a story that we'll be able to tell for a long time. Even if on the inside, Rob, he's stressed about it. And he should be to some degree. Like, don't present that because then you, you just you, you get in this downspin of negativity. If you have a, a really long week of work, right, and it just stinks, you're thinking about, oh, I got to be late at work tonight and I got to be there early tomorrow. The more you think about it, the more you talk about it, the worse it gets. I think Matt LaFour is making this worse for himself. I agree, and and there could be, you know, and, and to your initial question and point, Grant, there there could certainly be some some people that he makes it worse on, um, you know, in, yeah. in general. This, you know, fr- from the day this was announced on February twenty eighth, you know, Mark Murphy has embraced this. Everybody inside that organization has embraced this. You know, I I when when I was at uh, when I was at practice in Green Bay on Wednesday, Grant, you know, I, I there was a member of the organization that said to me, "You would think at some point in time this week, our head coach." would say something nice about this trip that, you know, <laughs> the, the, the league, the league might appreciate that is what, you yeah, know, for sure. is, is, is what was said to me. And, 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 and absolutely. I mean, uh, again, he, he's putting such a, you know, a downtrodden negative spin on, on this entire thing that, um, you know, Pat, and you know, this as well, Grant, from, you know, from your callers and, 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 uh, and, and all of us know that, you know, we, we all know somebody who's, or, or, or most of us know somebody who's making this trip. Right, as, as a fan to go see this. The, the fan base, Packer Nation, has, has embraced this from the time they heard about it. That they're, they're remarkably excited. They're planning a vacation, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime trip where they can pack in this football game, too. Um, you know, there, there's going to be tailgates and parades and, yeah. and, 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 and fan events leading into this. I mean, this, this should be a remarkably exciting time. And, and for Matt LaFleur to stand at a podium all week and every question he was asked about, this trip, you know, he, 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 he acted like the, you know, he acted like a seven-year-old Grant who, you know, put down a list of, of 10 Christmas gifts that he wanted. And he only got nine of them and he stood up there and he whined about it, about the one gift that he didn't get. I yeah. mean, this, I, I, again, th- this is a special time for the franchise, for the fan base, for the organization. And, and you've got your head coach just, you know, kind of, uh, kind of ruining the party for everybody. It's not just a London thing. Look, this is a very much an outlier experience, but we see the Packers struggle when they go to California and when they go to Florida. And I, I, I got to think that it's related, right? The travel schedule and being really uptight about everything and, and presenting to everyone around you that this is stressful and this is hard. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it matters. And, and I think it certainly plays a role in the Packers struggling when they have to go on the road. We're talking to Rob Reichel. 
Forbes. Conley Media has got a column out today about Matt LaFleur and his attitude about London. I read it this morning. You should read it as well. He's got a link, and I'll retweet it as well uh, here in a couple of minutes at Wisco Grant. Rob, do you think the Packers' offense is on track where it should be through, you know, X number of weeks of the season, through a couple of games? Is this about what you expected, or do you think they're ahead of or behind the curve? Well, they're probably slightly behind uh, what I would have thought, Grant. You know, they're, they're at 75 points through four games, so let's call it 19 points a game. It's, it's their lowest total since Mike McCarthy's first year back, back in 06. I, I, I don't think I saw the numbers being quite that low. Now, with that big second half and the overtime against New England, they actually jumped quite a bit in total offense. The, you know, the, the numbers show that they're moving the ball okay. Uh, which I think we all know hasn't been the case, certainly against Tampa Bay and Minnesota. But total offense, they're okay. I think they're sixth or seventh in, in that department, Grant. But they're you know they're down in the twenties in, in points per game, which you just you're not you're not accustomed to, to seeing from a from an Aaron Rodgers led, led offense. Yeah. Um, we're going to know a lot more after Sunday. I think I, I do think they found some answers in that second half. I mean, let, let's be honest, Bill Belichick absolutely owned them. In the, in the first half, the Aaron Rodgers has had some stinkers through the years, but that first half he had against Belichick, you know, is, is, is in the top five. And I thought Belichick, you know, kind of kicked the nonsense out of Matt LaFleur in that first half and, and, and kept New England in the game, which, you know, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers aren't the first ones that that's happened to. You're talking about the greatest defensive mastermind, in, you know, in, in the history of football. But I do think Green Bay got some things figured out in, in that second half. It, it was nice to see the emergence of Alan Lazard, who, who had a big half. They, again, we saw in the run game, especially in that second half, Grant, what it can become. Uh, A.J. Dillon wearing people out, Aaron Jones gashing them as, as defenses get beat up and tired. And, you know, Dillon certainly was a huge part of that of that overtime drive to, to win the game. So if they can build on that, Grant, this week and, and have a uh, – let's say they put up 31 points against the Giants and 420 yards in total offense – I think you and I could probably sit here next week and say the offense is is on schedule or, or, or trending in the direction you want it to. I, I think it'd be premature for us to do it right now. Sure. Um, but but again, Grant, you know, I, I I've said since the draft, I have said since uh, you know the Devontae Adams trade, this this was going to be an offense that's going to look dramatically better. You would think in the second half of the season than it will yeah. the first. These, these young wide receivers should grow up and get better and better as, as the year goes on. They're, they're going to find their identity, which I honestly think they're still searching for uh, on some levels. They, they they say they want to be a run team, but that's tough with Rodgers, you know, at quarterback. So I, I'm sure there's still a little bit of give and take there. Um, you know, but, but again, Grant, I, I, I do think that they're probably headed in the right direction slightly, and, and, I, and I still insist November and December you could see them play really good offensive football. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't looked great, especially from a points-per-game perspective. They've been good enough to win, you know, an ugly game versus, for example, the Buccaneers or the Patriots. But I, maybe they're one great offensive performance away from us really feeling like they've taken a step. I thought it was going to come last weekend. They have another good opportunity to do it this weekend. Rob, before I let you go, uh, what'd you think of the Paul Chris news? That surprised me. That shocked me. <laughs> shocked me, too. Yeah. It's it's so remarkably on Wisconsin-like to, to do it. I mean, I... I get it. It's it's just not a move you would have seen past administrations make. Probably, you know, it, yeah. there's there's no way Barry Alvarez would have you know whacked his own guy there and you know five games into a season. I I, I will say this: while it caught us all off guard, um, th- there's a lot of merit to it. Sure. I, I I thought he was going to get it at the end of the year, Grant. 
now now you get the best of both worlds, right? Yeah. All, and, and, and again, I, I'm I'm not big on in season firings. I'm not big on you know, it's, it's, especially coaches that are really good guys and have done terrific things for your program. Much like Mike McCarthy back in in 2018, you whacked a Super Bowl coach with a month left. Uh, in the season. The positive, obviously, and I'm sure you've addressed this a million times, is now you get two months to evaluate Jimmy Leonard in the, in the head role and find out exactly what you have there and if he's the long-term answer. Yeah. And, and and if you don't like those answers, I can guarantee you, Grant, they've already begun the process reaching out nationally to all the people that they're interested in yeah. just to you know gauge an interest coming back so you get a jump on a lot of these programs that are going to wait until the end of November to fire their particular coach. I I hated to see it happen because obviously yeah. what it meant, Grant, is is that the program is trending in the wrong way, and, and we all know that. And as Badger fans, that that's tough to swallow. Um, but they, but Matt, you know, I, it, it, it's a big boy decision, right? That that was a tough call for I'm sure McIntosh to make, um, and he put a stamp on everything right away. Now you, now you know who the sheriff is, right? In case yeah. there were there were any questions, and you know they're they're gonna have they're, they're gonna have a lot more clarity on this whole deal. Grant, you know, six eight weeks from now that, than they do today, and whether that whether that means Jimmy Leonard is the guy then, or Lance Leipold, or you know somebody else floating around uh, the country that they have specific interest in. Again, again, they're going to have a lot of those answers now. Come you know mid to late November, rather into December or January. Yeah, the firing was tough, but you know you give yourself some time and some options, right, to make the best possible decision on the next coach. And if you knew you were going to be looking for a new coach, anyways, the college football schedule kind of dictates that things are done this way. I agree. Rob Reichel, Forbes, read his piece. It's out today about Matt LaFleur. Rob, have an outstanding weekend. Enjoy the London game on Sunday. Thanks for the time, as always. All right. It's always my pleasure. You too, Grant. Thanks. That is our friend Rob Reichel, Forbes, Conley Media. Uh, I don't know how many Seinfeld fans we have listening, but uh, maybe from this point forward when we have Rob on, it will be uh, it will be Reichel, Reichel. Reichel, Reichel, huh? A young girl's strange erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. The Packers' strange journey from Green Bay to London. Not Rochelle, Rochelle. Rochelle, Rochelle. We should go see Rochelle, Rochelle. I hear it's really hot. I thought that segment was pretty hot. In a, in a content perspective, not in a, in a sexual way or erotic at all. No, no nothing like that. Uh, Rochelle, Rochelle. Great movie, by the way. Let's take a break. We'll come back, talk more about the Packers, and kind of debrief what we discussed with Rob. That's next on the Wisco Sports Show. Rochelle, Rochelle. Yeah. It's a foreign movie. A film is what it is, actually. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's a foreign movie. A film is what it is, actually. Rob Reichel, we appreciate him. Read his stuff, Forbes, or follow him on Twitter. That's a good start. You can find all his work there, at Rob Reichel. And if you're like, Grant, how do you spell that? I'll just go to my Twitter account. At Wisco Grant, I uh, tweeted out a link so you can find his stuff right there. I'm glad that everyone who comes on the show is just agreeing me, agreeing with me. Excuse me, this week it's so nice. It's just a breath of fresh air. Normally, I gotta fight Ebo off with one hand and Zach Heilprin with another, and I'm, just, I'm always on the defense. It's just nice to sit down, have some nice conversation this week with Mike Clements, who comes on and he said, "Grant, you know, I, I think Matt Lafleur is a little bent out of shape about this trip to London." I said, "Mike, I think I feel the same way. Let's go. Let's talk about it." And then Rob Reichel, who I chatted with this morning, he texted me. He said, here's my story for the day. Maybe we can talk about this. I said, Rob, I'm way ahead of you. I've been talking about this for four days. Let's go. Beautiful. God. Now this, this is a show. 
this is how a show should be. Everyone involved, rowing in the same direction, talking about the same things, a, a symphony, if you will. Many different voices all combining together to create a, a, a great chorus of, of great sports points. Uh, what am I even saying? <laughs> 608-796-2558. Really quickly, let's take Bink's call before we get to the top of the hour. What's up, Binks? It's been a while. Hey, hey, I know it's been a long time, and that's my fault, man. Been traveling. You're been good. traveling. However, I've been thinking about you. Uh, oh. Real quick programming note. Do you do things like uh, uh, best of podcasts or something like that? I read on your Twitter thing that you did like a like a Catholic thing for the Brewers. Well, yeah. Like a, uh, so every like, uh, every like, show that I do every day, I post as a podcast after. So it's nothing. It's nothing that's not on the radio. But if whatever you miss, you can go or you can go listen again. Okay. Okay. Kind of like uh, one of your former colleagues did in the morning. Okay. All yeah, right. Yeah. Same exact okay. thing. 100%. So, all right. Because I, 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 like a, rec- we'll call it a requiem mass, right? Yeah. That's basically <laughs> so, what it was. Hey, speaking of requiems, did you see yeah. that the Cardinals gave up six runs in the top of the ninth and blew game one to the Phillies today? <laughs> Good. No, I, I did not see that, but I'm glad. Anytime the Cardinals lose is a good, good thing. I, oh, it was great. I despise them. So, I but, do as well. uh, anyway, uh, real quick, when do you get to talking about the Milwaukee Bucks? Uh, when, when does that, um, when will you start to entertain well, those, Binks. uh, interests? Well, Binks, and I appreciate the call and I gotta let you go because we're coming up on the top of the hour. Have an awesome weekend. I appreciate you. And again, if you need help finding the podcast, you can text in and I can, I can put it in writing specifically where you can go look. The Bucks. I don't know. I feel like this should be a team effort. When do we want to open up that bag of chips? We could do it next week. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If the Packers game on Sunday is really boring and doesn't give us a whole lot to work with, maybe we can do a, a Bucks preview next week at some point. Uh, maybe fire up the NBA Lounge. Maybe talk with our friend Justin Garcia. Maybe I can try to hit up Eric Name. I'm going to break down that wall one of these days. I, I don't know. Next week. Let's see what's going on with the Packers. The, the, the Badgers fired their coach this week. I didn't have time to talk Bucks. Next week, though, possibly, assuming nothing else goes nuts. We'll chat more. We'll figure it out on the other side of this break. Wisco Sports Show, back in two minutes. Fourth and one. Surveys, good protection, slides, fires, broken up in the end zone. Gilmore on Sutton. And then in the day, you know, uh, throwing two interceptions can't happen. Can't happen. Um, you know, I let the team down tonight. And uh, the good thing is, one thing I know about myself is I'm going to respond. I don't know any other way. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Nerd, nerd, nerd. Nice game last night. Nerd. Was the mic on for that? Whoops. No, I thoroughly enjoyed watching Broncos Colts last night. The game was bad, but it got better as it went along. Because as the game got worse, my level of disbelief went up. And then it went to overtime, so the stakes were raised. And then fans started leaving. And then KJ Hamler was upset and throwing his helmet. It was just, oh, great. From an entertainment standpoint, 10 out of 10. From a quality of football standpoint, it, it, it breaks the scale like a minus two out of 10. Just terrible. One of the worst games I've ever watched. But I loved it. And all football's great. Even the, even the bad games. It's fine. 608. 
608-796-2558. If you want to give me a call or a text, we could talk more about the Packers. We can talk about last night's game. I think last night's game is a really good jumping off point, right? Because we saw some weird quarterback play from two guys that just changed teams and maybe Matt Ryan is washed. Maybe Russell Wilson is washed. I don't know. We have a new head coach in Nathaniel Hackett that follows a similar mold of Matt LaFleur before him and McVay and Shanahan before LaFleur. And and we see all these young offensive minds getting jobs and really what they are is offensive coordinators who've been given head coaching jobs. Right. And I think there's a lot of advantages to that. I also think there's a lot of disadvantages. And I think this year more than the last few, we're seeing those disadvantages loud and clear, whereas maybe they were more masked. I think the advantage of having a McVay three years ago in a league where there were very few McVeighs was so great that you made up for the game management issues and the fourth down kind of cowardice. But now there's a lot of McVeighs in the league and we're starting to see, oh, okay, so now that the league is saturated with these types of coaches, we realize that most of them are really bad decision makers and they're not great with personnel and they're just stressed out all the time and you can see it on the sideline and you can feel it through your TV. So we can talk about coaching, talk about quarterback play. We can talk about all of it. We can talk about the Packers who are in foggy London town as we speak. 608-796-2558. Like I said, and I am on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Talking a little bit about Nathaniel Hackett and what we saw from him last night. I can't really blame him for too much. Right. Week one. I will not forget. I was at my friend's apartment in Alaska. We were watching Monday Night Football. It was the first time that we got to watch Joe Buck and Troy Aikman together on ESPN. It was the first time that we got to see Russell Wilson on the Broncos, and it was Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. And I'll remember it. They have a nice, big, new sectional couch. We were sitting. Oh, it was great. And I remember watching the Bron- Broncos offense in week one, seeing little uh, streaks of flavor. Like, you know when you get a bucket of ice cream and – and there's like swirls of chocolate. It's vanilla ice cream, but there's like swirls of chocolate syrup in there. I, I was seeing swirls of the Matt LaFleur offense within the Broncos offense. Like, oh, th- there's that thing that, I, you know, there's the wide receiver rolling out to the flat. And then when the defensive end comes up to challenge the quarterback, the quarterback checks it down. And then the running back runs for 10, 12 easy yards. But I remember in 2020, saw that a ton when Rodgers won his first MVP with Matt LaFleur. Easy yards, bootlegs, rollout motion, a lot of good stuff. I remember week one watching the Broncos and seeing a lot of those things, seeing those swirls, like, ah, there's a little Matt LaFleur flavor. There's a little Kyle Shanahan flair. Okay, this makes sense. You can see the offense that Nathaniel Hackett was brought to Denver to implement. Now, it didn't end in a win in Seattle, although the, the cards were kind of stacked against Denver. First game for Nathaniel Hackett, first game for Russell Wilson in Denver. Oh, yeah, by the way, you're playing in front of the 12s back in Seattle in prime time, in week one, in a game that you're not really supposed to win. Like, we've kind of set things up for the Seahawks here. Okay, whatever. Week one, I saw the the flavor in the offense. I saw it. I saw the character. I saw the identity. I don't know if I'm seeing it anymore. I don't know if that's because Nathaniel Hackett has been uh, diluting his offense or changing things around, or or maybe Russell Wilson's just ignoring or, or electing not to participate in, in some of these concepts that Nathaniel Hackett is trying to bring some of those concepts we've seen with the Packers, with the Niners, or with the Rams, you know, whoever, or with O'Connell, with the Vikings now, too, a lot of the same things. I don't know what's happened. I want to think that Nathaniel Hackett is just going through growing pains as a head coach, dealing with injuries, dealing with a lot of high-pressure games in prime time, and they're going to have some more in the weeks to come. 
and he's learning to deal with a new quarterback, and he's doing all of these responsibilities as a head coach for the first time. I'd like to think that he's just experiencing growing pains. But part of me thinks they got there in week one, all right, working some of these parts of the offense in, you know, little bootlegs here, rollouts here, this play, that play, working it in slowly. Now, it's not going well. Week one didn't go well, but we're on the right track. But remember that game ended in such a, a, a big coaching controversy about that attempted field goal and the way it went down. I think maybe that rattled Hackett and that rattled everyone in Denver. And now as the weeks have gone along, the injuries are piling up. Now there's no Javante Williams. And Melvin Gordon is fumbling. And Tim Patrick has never been healthy. And Jerry Judy has missed time. And now Garrett Bowles is hurt. And Randy Gregory is hurt. And it seems like maybe the, the horse is getting away, to use a, a Broncos pun unintentionally. It, it seems like maybe Hackett's losing his grip on things. Because now I don't even see the, the Lafleur flair. I don't see those swirls of flavor in the offense that I saw week one. It seems like maybe this thing is getting away from Nathaniel Hackett. You know, to be fair to Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos, he's become a head coach for the first time, and he's working with a quarterback that he's never worked with before. He's doing so many things for the first time. The Broncos are doing so many things for the first time, and yet we expected this team to be great right away, and they should be better than this. Their talent's better than this, but maybe we placed unfair expectations on the Broncos. I mean, I didn't. I said they were going to get third in their own division. I, I never bought into the Broncos as a contender. I thought they'd be better than this, but I never bought into them as a contender, as many did. I think it was unfair to expect them to be a contender. This shows how great Aaron Rodgers is, by the way. This shows the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. It is not, it's not slim. It's not a slight difference. It's a canyon. It's a chasm. Because Aaron Rodgers rolled in in 2019, brand new offensive system, with a head coach who's coaching for the first time, in a, in a bright, light type of market in Green Bay where you're in prime time a lot, you're playing these big games, everyone's paying attention, everyone's paying attention to the drama, and Aaron Rodgers led his team to 13 games, even though the offense didn't look that great. That's the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. By the way, I get a lot of people who ask me all the time, why, why do you hate Russell Wilson? I don't really personally hate him. I think he's weird. I think he's phony. Kyle Brandt said that on NFL Network. He's an NFL employee. He said that on TV this morning. Russell Wilson's a little weird, but I think that Russell Wilson way too often is talked about and discussed and just lumped into the group of Rodgers and Brady and Breeze and Peyton Manning and now Patrick Mahomes. And he's not that. He's in the next tier. And I feel like so many sports talkers just kind of sneakily throw them in there. It's like, well, the best quarterbacks in the league, Rodgers, Brady, Wilson. No, 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 no. Don't just casually do that. That, 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 that. That's not a casual name you can just include in there. Russell Wilson has never had a claim to anything better than, what, the third or fourth best quarterback in the league at any given point in his career. That's the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, is that Aaron Rodgers gets a new head coach, who's maybe a little unsure of himself, maybe not the best game manager, going through the growing pains of being a head coach in the NFL for the first time, and he gets to Green Bay, and guess what? 13 wins. Just like that. Just like that. NFC Championship game, year one. Russell Wilson gets a head coach who's doing things for the first time, going through the growing pains, new offense, new team, and it can't even get off the ground. They can't score touchdowns. And now the things that Russell Wilson has been known for you know, being good at over his career. I wrote it down, so sorry, I'm digging in my notes here. Russell Wilson was 2 for 14 on passes of 10 air yards or greater. So, you know, a 20-yard pass could be an 8-yard pass with with 12 yards of, of 
yards after the catch, right? That's not what I'm talking about. In passes that traveled more than 10 yards in the air, Russell Wilson's specialty. He was two for 14 last night. He didn't have a hope and a prayer. I don't even know what this offense is. I can't see it. Year one and year two, especially in year two, I saw it clear as day. I remember Vikings, week one, U.S. Bank, no fans, week one, 2020. I was watching a, okay, oh, there it is. There's bits of this new offense. There, There's parts of this new offense. And it takes time to get to that point. But even Matt LaFleur, in his first year, worked with Aaron Rodgers to win 13 games. The, 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 like, their growing pain stage was still good because Aaron Rodgers is that man. Russell Wilson is not. And his teammates are souring on him big time. If you missed it, this is what Kyle Brandt said on Good Morning Football. I feel like I should play it because I reference it. This is going places really fast. The last play is meaningful, not in just that it was KJ Hamler or not that he missed. It's the reaction afterwards from Hamler. It's spiking the helmets. It's that I don't know. I don't know when Russell Wilson turned into Mitch Trubisky, but uh, I wish he would turn into Geno Smith so they could win a game. Okay, okay? because Geno makes that play ten times out of ten, and then afterwards, you know, they got a fourth and one. They want to go for it. I mean, look at that. That is a teammate that is on national television that is at home. Afterwards, it's just perfect. They, they pass when maybe they should have run. I think Russell Wilson is one of the least authentic personalities we have in this league. I think Russell Wilson is a poser. And that doesn't mean he's a bad person. I actually think he's a good person. I think he tries to be something that he's not. And when you make the $245 million, you either got to be a really great guy with the locker room who loves you, or you got to be an amazing player. Brady, who makes half of what Russell's making, is both. Rodgers, MVP. Patrick Mahomes, both. Allen, people love him. He's amazing. Kyler, we'll find out. Russell Wilson, first of all, the NFL, the Broncos fan base has no history with him. They have no allegiance to him. This is not a Seahawks thing that they drafted him. They grew up with him. He's their guy. None of that. You know, I, I work the, the NFL honors. I work the red carpet. Kelsey comes by. Rodgers comes by. Russell Wilson shows up with his sunglasses and his wife, and they, I think they think they're, they're Jay-Z and Beyonce, and they will literally put their hand up and say no we're not talking why it, it, because you think you're that cool and you're that famous and you're that amazing and everything is so perfect that does not work in a locker room unless you are really good or really really good guy it just doesn't work 245 million bucks that can come unraveled fast wow i saw that this morning it was a surprise and i watched the game last night it was horrible i still didn't expect kyle brandt to come on tv the next morning and say some of those things fedex fred is here 608-796-2558 what's up fred welcome that game was one of the hardest games I've ever watched in my whole entire life. It was bad. I was entertained, but it was bad. It, the entertainment factor was through the roof because I was like, how is this actually NFL football? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Then, but then at the same time, you're sitting there watching your the clock, and you're like, oh, I could, could go to bed right now and get a good night's sleep. Yeah, um, I, I was kind of glad that it went to overtime because I wanted the mess. I was just, I wanted it. Uh, the thing is, is if you if you go back to once Russell got traded, you started hearing teammates talk about him. So, uh, and they weren't positive, glowing comments about Russ in Seattle. And now that he's in Denver with a new head coach, it just doesn't seem like Russell's working with Nathaniel Hackett. Now, I don't think Russell's all to blame for it because Nathaniel's struggling as a first-year head coach, yeah. which makes sense. You should. Not everybody gets to work with Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady yep. or Peyton Manning. Yep. So you should expect some growing pains, but that that's bad. And to get your second 
uh, comment you said, uh, you played that Brady quote where he just said, there's bad football going on right now. Yeah. There are a lot of bad teams in the NFL right now. What happened to all the good quarterbacks, FedEx Fred? Now I got to get excited to watch Geno Smith, Baker Mayfield, Zach Wilson stinks at this point. Like Justin Fields stinks. I feel like three years ago, almost every team had a good quarterback or a plan to get their quarterback. Right now, I half of the league, it's like these guys aren't the answer. I, I don't know what happened. Well, me and my friend were talking last night, and he goes, "Can you name? Can you name over half of the quarterbacks that are starting right now in the NFL?" I got to, I got to thirteen. I couldn't do it. A lot of bad because ones. a lot of bad ones. And I don't know if it's that teams are just not drafting the right guy for their team or if these players are just coming from college who we thought they were going to be exceptional and they just turn out to be duds. Well, we're, because, we're, yeah. we're getting to a point now with Fred where it's like, well, Davis Mills actually isn't that bad. Like, well, yeah, maybe he's yeah. not, but we're arguing about Davis Mills as maybe a top 20 guy in the league. That's nuts. <laughs> You, there shouldn't be national talk about the third-string quarterback from New England and saying, well, this guy could probably start on this team or this guy, or he could start on this team. He's a third-string quarterback. He shouldn't be starting anywhere. Yeah, or Jordan <laughs> yeah. Love. So many people watch that last yeah. game. It's like Jordan Love could play better than both of these guys. Yeah, I said that multiple times. I was like, uh, and I'm not even a big Jordan Love fan. I was like, I think Jordan Love is better than both of these quarterbacks right now. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd rather take my chances with, with Jordan Love than 37-year-old Matt Ryan. He looks cooked. It was like watching uh, watching Matt Ryan last night reminded me of watching Alex Hornibrook. We're scrambling for four yards. Oh. Looked like it took all the energy in the world. And then when he finally threw the ball, there was no oomph behind it. He, uh, Matt Ryan last night reminded me of Peyton Manning in his last year. Just, uh, yep. oh, I'm only here for a paycheck. Yeah. Oh, hopefully this gets done soon. Uh, yeah. Um, I you put a quote today that I think Aaron Rodgers gave on was that Thursday or Wednesday about going overseas? Yeah, yeah, about how he would like to even go over earlier. I'm not a big fan of Aaron Aaron Rodgers' press conference, but I love that. Yes, that's what yes. you want from your leader of your team. Yes, thank you, Fred. This that, is this is what I was saying about an hour ago, and maybe if you just tuned in, you missed it. I love what I've heard from Rodgers this week because he's keeping it light, keeping it loose. Oh, it's going to be so fun. We're going to go over there. We get to play a game. We get to see the sights, and we get to experience this. That's what we need. Yes. 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 You said it best. Look, look uh, uh, uh Rob Reichel, I think he said it. He, he reminds you of a kid at Christmas who only got nine out of ten gifts, and he's <laughs> complaining about the one he didn't get. Yeah, yeah. That was a perfect analogy because before you got you got to keep that anxiety inside. Like, hey, when 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 you talk to the press and your team, just be like, hey, guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go over there. We're going to do our job, come back with a W, and then we're going to go on to the next week. It's just another game, another day. Yes, yes. Oh, but you, I love it. You can't be sitting there saying we don't have enough pods on the plane or, you know, got to keep the guys up, get the sleep schedule right. It's like, look for it. Just, just relax. Yeah. <laughs> Roger said it back five years ago. Relax. Take it easy, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, before I let you go, Fred, you got any uh, special plans this weekend? What are you up to? Uh, I'm going to uh, Wisconsin. Try to beat Northwestern. Wait, say that one more, one more time. What was that? I'm, go- I'm gonna, 
I'm going to try to watch Wisconsin beat Northwest. Oh, yeah, wouldn't that be ideal? It looks like it's going to be a sunny afternoon, which I don't believe until I see. There's no way it's going to be nice outside when they're playing at Ryan Field. No. No, every time they play in Northwestern, it's cloudy and rainy, and it's like 30-mile-an-hour winds. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe the nice weather and, when I see it. And then I'm going to wake up early and watch the Packer game, and hopefully, hopefully that run defense shows up this week. Hell yeah. Well, awesome, Fred. We can talk about it next week. Have a good weekend. You as well. Grant, later. That is our friend FedEx Fred. I got a message on our Facebook page, the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. Uh, Chuck messaged me and he said, you would think that the Giants don't have to travel. Yeah, we were listening to Brian Dable's press earlier this week, and they asked him about any adjustments that he had to make to the schedule. Listen to this. Well, we've made we've made adjustments uh, this week in terms of whether it's reps, no pads. Uh, we'll have a meeting to go through things regarding that trip. You know, it's my first time going across seas to participate in a football game. We look forward to it. Not much longer travel time than it is to go to the West Coast. So we'll just try to do our job during the week to get ready. And then they'll have their day off, and it'll be a fairly normal week other than we travel on Thursday. Not much that longer or not that much longer than just going to the West Coast. Love that. Easy approach. Now, behind closed doors, he's probably pulling his beard hair out because he's bald, stressing about all the details. But, hey, calm, cool, and collected. That's what people see. That's what my players see. That's what they need. Let's take a break. We'll talk more coming up next. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. It is a Fins Up Friday. We're going to get to some Buffett in a little bit. Hit me up on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. You can text and call the show, 608-796-2558. The Cardinals blew a lead, a big lead. They gave up six runs in the... (laughs) They gave up six runs in the top of the ninth inning, lost to Ben Kenny's Phillies. We're going to have to talk Phillies with Ben Kenny next week. The Seattle Mariners are leading the Blue Jays four to nothing in the top of the eighth inning. And, And I guess I'm... I'm a little confused. Luis Castillo has been brilliant for the Mariners. Seven innings, six hits, no earned runs, five strikeouts, 99 pitches. I guess I'm just a little confused. Hey, did they acquire him at the trade deadline? They did. They acquired. Is that allowed? You can do that? Wait, so the Mariners had a, a need, and at the deadline, they addressed that need? Well, they probably came. Good, good luck. I mean, their their franchise is cratered for the next million years. I mean, <laughs> idiots, don't they know that 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 small market teams are susceptible to great downswings and upswings? I couldn't even enjoy this playoff game if I was a Mariners fan. They're a bunch of suckers. They have no clue what's coming. Bunch of idiots. Yeah, yeah. I hope your playoff. I hope your playoff run is worth it. Worth the fire and brimstone that's coming. I am mocking, of course, David Stearns. It's amazing what a little trade deadline maneuvering can get you. Like in the case of the Seattle Mariners, who are about to go up one to nothing in the AL Wild Card Series. First round, best of three, remember. It's not sudden death now, it's best of three. We can talk about the Cardinals blowing a lead. Oh, I could talk a lot about the Cardinals blowing a lead. Uh, really quickly, the Cardinals blowing a lead, just for a sec. I just think it's so funny that Ryan, what is it, Helsley? Ryan Helsley blew that save. I've been mad at Ryan Helsley for about a, a week or two now because I saw a video on Twitter not that long ago of his intro. 
and like all the lights in the ballpark go red and then Hell's Bells played. I'm just like, you can't use that song. That's Hoffman's. You can't touch it. There's a Trevor Time pennant in my studio. There's a, a Milwaukee Brewers Trevor Hoffman pennant hanging three feet from where my microphone is right here. We respect Trevor Hoffman. We respect Enter Sandman. You can't have that. You can't have it. It's Mariano Rivera's. You can't have Hell's Bells. So Ryan Helsley, you got what you deserve today. That's karma. That's karma. One inning pitched, one hit, (laughs) four earned runs. Hell yeah. Also, Ryan Helsley came into the eighth, and he had to be removed in the ninth. Oh, maybe maybe the the two-inning save, maybe that's actually not the best idea in the world. Maybe Craig Council isn't completely and totally nuts. Maybe he hasn't lost his mind. Interesting. Also, don't rip off Trevor Hoffman. Baseball gods don't like it. The baseball gods have been smiting the Brewers ever since the trade deadline. Baseball gods are now smiting. Smiting, I say, the St. Louis Cardinals. And Ben Kenny's Phillies reap the benefits. I love that for Ben. Uh, It doesn't help my Brewers, but if someone is going to be happy on our network, at least Ben gets to be happy. We're talking a little bit about Thursday Night Football and what went down last night and Aaron Rodgers and what he's saying about London. I love that Rodgers is excited to go to London. I love that he's spreading positivity and and what would Rodgers say? Encouragement and love and affection for other cultures is probably something that he would say in a presser. I love what I'm hearing from Rodgers this week. He's excited to get over there. He's enthusiastic. He's taking this as an opportunity and not a burden. And I think we need that, right? I just think sometimes like my work schedule, so I do this show every day, but I have some other work responsibilities too. But in a really busy week when we have a big event going on, like Oktoberfest last week, takes a lot of planning, a lot of coordination. Like our station, we were out at uh, 6 a.m. at Sloopy's on the north side of Lacrosse for the tapping of the golden can. We've been doing that forever since back in the late 80s, right? And there's planning and there's promotion. We got to make sure, like, it's a lot of work. I'm up at 4.45 in the morning and I'm working, you know, until later on in the night because we got a high school game on the state. Like, sometimes I work a lot. And you can dwell on all the extra work and you can say that it's miserable and it sucks and you're going to hate it. And if you say that, it's probably going to be miserable and it's probably going to suck and you're probably going to hate it. But if you say, hey, well, it's a busy week, you know, it's just going to make that beer at the very end taste all the better. That means next week we're in the clear, less work, right? I'm going to make a couple extra bucks working all these extra hours, right? You, you, you have to encourage yourself. You have to use certain words and, and language to, to, you know, you talk about it, positive self-talk. You hear about this all the time, right? The, the Packers, at least with Aaron Rodgers, Mason Crosby, who I guess is a big football fan or a big soccer fan, I should say. Right? They're excited to get over there. They're treating this as an opportunity, whereas I think Matt LaFleur is treating this like a little bit of a burden. Like every press conference question he's asked, he's just like, man, it's a giant ass, pain in the ass, tired of it. Yeah, I think you just, I don't want to say wrong, Um Listen, I've been on both sides of it. We've gone over there with the Rams and won. We, we went over there with the Titans, and we lost a close game right at the end. Um, so, you know, I think there's things that you can you, you kind of reflect upon and, and thought that maybe we could have handled something a little bit better. But bottom line is you, you got to be disciplined in whatever it is you're going to do, and just to try to show up and be the best version of you on, on game day. See, Matt LaFleur was asked yesterday, what are you going to do on the plane? Maybe this is Wednesday. And uh, and his answer was, well, I want to sleep, but there's not enough pods. Well, the goal is to sleep. We just don't, unfortunately, they didn't give us a, a plane with a ton of pods. So uh, we'll see how that goes. 
our private chat doesn't have enough pods. You know how you answer this question? Here, let, let's let's role play a little press conference here. I, as the head coach, am the steward of my organization, the public relations arm that is publicly speaking to the media and sending a message to my team. A reporter asks, uh, hello, yes, uh, Coach Grant, uh, what will you be doing on the flight? <laughs> Trying to get a quote for a story. I'd say, you know, uh, it's been a long week of prep, all the travel details, you know, not forgetting anything. I'm just going to relax. I'm going to watch National Treasure. That's my favorite movie. I'm looking forward to that. Maybe you'd have a beer on the flight. That's what you should say. That's what you should say. You don't bitch that the plane doesn't have enough pods. Who who, who does that? You ever flown on a Spirit airline plane, Mr. LaFleur? I don't, I don't think you have. And if you have, you obviously didn't learn anything from it. I think everyone should fly Spirit at least once. Roll the dice. Save a couple of bucks. You're welcome. Roll the dice. And just, like, maybe your flight gets canceled. You don't know. And then you're obviously not going to have any leg room. But it'll toughen you up. It'll make a man out of you. So now when you're... A private charter jet to London doesn't have enough pods. You'll learn to look on the bright side in that your luggage isn't lost and your plane got there at the right time. Because, you know, some airlines, not always the case. I I don't know. I I was very worried on Monday that Matt LaFleur and the vibes of this week were going to really hurt the Packers' chances of having a good game on Sunday. Now I've heard from enough players that are excited about this. Makes me feel a little bit better about how the Packers are going to come out and the energy that they're going to bring when they come out at Tottenham. Tottenham Hotspur on Sunday morning, 608-796-2558. If you want to call or text, join in on the conversation. You can reach me on Twitter as well, at Wisco Grant. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. Happy Friday. It's a Fins Up Friday. Going to get to that in just a couple minutes. My name is Grant Bills on Twitter at Wisco Grant. I'd love to talk Packers, Giants, London, Thursday Night Football, Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett. We're hitting it all tonight. I'd love to chat with you. Give me a call or a text. 608-796-2558. That's 608-796-2558. Got a text here from Eau Claire Chris says, don't forget the Packers are staying in a hotel an hour away from the stadium to make sure there are no distractions. Look, if I was one of these Packers players, I would be a menace. I would I, I would not intentionally make Matt LaFleur's life a living hell the next couple of nights because I'd want to go hit the pool. I'd want to I'd go find my buddies down in room 206 down the hall. Let's have a little party in their hotel room. I brought my GameCube. Let's play Super Smash Bros. Let's order a pizza, which is which is what? Matt LaFleur should want. He should want guys relaxed, not stressing. I feel like people like Matt LaFleur are only happy when everyone else is as crabby and stressed out as they are. I'd approach it from the other way. I'd bring my GameCube on the plane and I'd bring it into the hotel and I'd invite all of my position group buddies to come to my room and we'd stay up telling scary stories until the wee hours of the morning because that would be fun. Keep the vibes high, the stress low. Eric is on I-90. What's going on, Eric? Welcome to the show. Happy Friday. Yeah, things are going great. I'm in my pod here, just cruising along. Uh, You're pretty relaxed. Your pod. Well, I'm glad to. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, glad to hear you're doing well. I heard yeah, you call on Ebo's show this morning. By the way, well done. 
Yeah, I did. I, 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 um, I thought that we'd throw a plug in for, uh, and listen, I wasn't, I wasn't lying at all. It's great breakfast down there. Oh, Flipside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Evo, I guess, is going to be in town this weekend. Uh, thank you for uh, plugging Flipside, a, a great friend to the station, WKTY, and the Wisco Sports Show. Plus, they got great breakfast, and they're open early. They'll be open for the Packer game early, early Sunday morning. Right. If you want to go down there and just sit in the restaurant, part, they got great big TVs in there, too. So. Mm-hmm. You're an ambassador, Eric. You're an, you're an ambassador. That's nice. I've got secret techniques here to... Uh, that I don't tell people about about jet lag, um, you know. Yeah, got a few of those. Really, I get driving lag, and I I listen to WKDY, and that that solves that problem. We should send him the link. Lag. That's what we should do. Send him the link. Send him the link to the show. So why would take the edge off? And uh, last night I couldn't have uh, been prouder of Russell Wilson. How uh, so? He was. I watched only. I only watched where he threw that interception. All right. Mm-hmm. And did you see that at the very end? Which one he threw two? Well, no. It was. Uh, I think it was in the third quarter or something like that. Okay. Way overthrew the guy. Yeah. And then, and then he ran into somebody. It looked like he was drunk out there. It just looked like he was like this guy was coming down the field. And he was like drunk and he was like gonna go hug him and say hey man how you doing you know it looked terrible it uh he looked he looked like he wanted to go home and so did nathaniel hackett last night right and then they put him in the tent they had like nine people looking at the screen and i think they were looking to see if he had a concussion before the play because he looked like he had a concussion when he threw the ball (laughs) Yeah, the, he's terrible. He's terrible. Yeah, the throw did not make much sense. And then that throw right before the end of the fourth quarter, it was, it was just a nightmare. That team, I mean, it could get ugly, Eric. I, I don't know if if they're not vibing with the coach and Russell Wilson's getting on everyone's bad side. I, I don't know. I take no pleasure in watching Russell Wilson fail. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. And but yeah, I don't really care though either. I mean, I don't care if he falls flat on his face. Well, Matt Ryan is washed up. Matt Ryan was washed up eight years ago. He does not Daddy look good. Ice. He doesn't look spry. His arm doesn't look live. I know I'm speaking only in football cliches, but he looked like like when I used to watch Alex Hornibrook on the Badgers. When he had to scramble for three yards, it looked like he took every ounce of energy in his body. Or if he has to make a throw on a runner in a tight window, there's just no oomph behind it. Yeah, Kirk Cousins would have looked better on that scramble. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Right. Yeah, he was washed up. And Maddie Ice, that's such a bad nickname. I don't know who gave that to him. Yeah, I don't know. That must have been Collinsworth or somebody. That's what I think. Who do the Vikings have this weekend? Do they play the Bears? They play the Bears, and I got big problems with that because I got Delvin Cook on my team, and every person out there is saying to play him this week on your fantasy team because it's Chicago. But, ah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I see this week. This week, I would fade the Vikings, meaning I, I feel like the Vikings are due for a slip up. They've won some close games and they, they've gotten not lucky, but, you know, the Lions kind of botch things. I'd say they got a little benefit of a couple of penalties against the Saints, but that's fine. I, I just feel like this is the week to fade the Vikings. The problem is they're playing the Bears who stink. Right, right. And there is a lot of bad football out there and the Vikings have participated in that. 
Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. You know, but they've won a couple. They've won a few. So, yeah, now everybody's like 2-0, and oh, you know, or 2-2, two and two, I'm sorry. Yeah. What's going on here? Sooner or later, somebody has to lose, right? How can we all be winning? Can't be possible. I am Everybody, there's, there with there's you. no team that's just clearly they sucks and they suck and have a bad record. Right? Yeah. Everybody's yes. right in there. There's it's a, lot a little of messed up. A lot of bad football, Eric. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I just hate you, such a pure sports fan, just having to put up with all these bad games and these bad quarterbacks. Makes me sick. No, well, we'll watch. We'll watch. It's still fun to watch. Oh, of course. I think the Vikings and the Packers are going to come out at the end of this. Vikings still half a game ahead. Packers should have a good game. You know, the Packers are sleeping right now, aren't they? They should be sleeping. I have no clue. What time is right? it in London? It's yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, they should be sleeping. I think you're right. I kind of picture Lafleur walking around in a room, and everybody's like in a pod, like they're in the movie Aliens, and they're all sleeping, and he's checking everybody's monitoring everybody. Are they getting REM sleep? And he's just all worked up about it. I think he needs to. I don't know. Maybe take a THC gummy and just relax a little bit. What's what's done is that you know whenever whenever I was preparing for a big test, I would always reach the point where I'm like, I'm not going to study anymore because it now benefits me to get a good night's sleep more than it would, you know, studying for another hour. I feel like the Packers and Matt Lafleur are in that spot now. They are. They should win this. They should win this thing running away. You know, and the over under is forty two, right, or something like that. Uh, yeah, I just can't yes. picture the Giants scoring a lot. No, I know no, what I you mean. I just can't. Can you? No, because they, they, they don't have got a, one player. They don't have a healthy quarterback. They got one. If they can't, I think Rowdy said it this morning, they got one player. If they can't neutralize that running back, then then you've got something to talk about on Monday. Yeah. You've got a lot to talk about on Monday if you can't stop this guy. Yeah. <sighs> I'm already uh, dreading it's still it. going to be fun. You're going you're gonna to go camping, right? I'm going camping. I'm going up north. Uh, not to Cable, uh, but up up that way, thereabouts. That'll be fun. Are you going to do a little fishing? I'm going to do a little fishing, uh, a little sitting around the campfire, maybe mix some mix some brandy or some, some whiskey and some apple cider, and I'm going to hang out with two of my buddies. That's going to be my weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but that'll be fun. All right. God bless, Eric. You have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next week, I'm sure. Yeah, you too, bud. That is our friend Eric on I-90. I just It pains me to think about Eric watching some of this just horrendous football. Eric deserves better than that. Eric has to watch the Vikings once a week. We don't need to also have him watching games like that on, <laughs> on Thursday nights. Appreciate the call, Eric. Have an awesome weekend. 608 Sean Texan says, maybe we get Hackett back next year. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe the failure of uh, Matt LaFleur's protégés, like Nathaniel Hackett in Denver and Luke Getze so far in Chicago, maybe that will make people think twice about wanting to hire Adam Stenovich, which is great, because then we can keep him here longer, selfishly. I'm always, look, I'm a selfish sports fan. I don't, I don't, I don't hide behind it. I want what's best for my teams and my guys. I want Adam Stenovich coaching my line for a couple more years until Aaron Rodgers retires, at least. Let's take a break. We'll come back, listen to some Jimmy Buffett, wrap up the week on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
watching the sun bake. All of those tourists covered with oil. Strumming my six string on my front door swing. Wisco Sports Show fins up. It is Friday. I'm going to listen to some Buffett this weekend. I'm going to be camping. Buffett's good for everything. As it gets colder, we lean on Jimmy Moore to keep us warm and to keep that tropical summertime feeling going even as the, the colder weather starts to take over, even if it gets darker. Colder. Might frost tonight. Who knows? Who knows? Jimmy will keep us warm. Warm at heart. Six, 608 796 Call and text the show. we got about eight minutes left. You can also find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. I'm looking at a tweet right now. Is that Aaron Rodgers and Jason Sudeikis? I think it is. Watching the United States play England. Good for Rodgers. He's getting over there and having the time of his life. Worldly fella. World traveler. Taking in the culture. Taking in the uh, the tradition over there. Kind of jealous. You know, Zach Eilpern and I were supposed to go to London. Whatever, Whatever happened to that? Zach, Zach and I were supposed to travel, and we would have flown Spirit. And you, you better believe, me and Zach weren't going to complain about the lack of pods on our plane. That's for sure. Can you imagine? I don't know. Zach will drive himself to Columbus or hop a flight to Columbus and be back by morning. With this Wisconsin Sports Zone Network update, I'm Zach Heil Print. Complain about the pods on the plane. Ridiculous. Uh, we got a text here. Let's see. Hold on. I got a couple. Might as well read them all. Mike from Eau Claire says, what a rocking cool week you had. And I loved your show. Thank you. Got a little religion. Talked about the Packers and we buried the Brewers. Looking forward to next week. Go Pack. Dang straight, Mike. God, the Chippewa Valley is just carrying the show the last two weeks. Ben from Chippewa says, longtime listener, first time texter. Love that. Just want to say, love the show. You make the drive home from work so much more enjoyable every day. Fins up. You're, you're darn right it is. GWP dad also chimes in and says Spirit is great. Yeah, if we're talking about Spirit Airlines, hey, is it a little bit of a gamble? Eh, maybe the plane doesn't show up. Maybe maybe they forget to book a pilot for the day. But you know what? That's, that's part of the fun of traveling. What's life without a little risk? Sirius Black said that. I believe in the Order of the Phoenix. I don't remember which Harry Potter that was in. Sirius Black said, yeah, what's life without a little risk? What's travel without a little risk? I kind of want there to be a little chance that maybe my plane doesn't show up. I don't know. And there's just something, there's just something great about being on a spirit plane. It's yellow. When you see a spirit plane, like those are real ones. It's just like, get me to my destination. I don't need to be comfortable. I don't need all the frills and I don't, I don't need the fancy little bag of peanuts or the flat can of Coke that for some reason needs to be poured into a plastic cup. <laughs> I don't, I don't need that. Uh-uh. Just give me a really uncomfortable seat and a couple of hours to myself. That's, let's be honest, that's the best part about traveling. I never travel on an airplane. Maybe once a year I do it. I'm hoping February or March, go to Arizona for a couple of days. Normally I like to sneak away like a Wednesday through a Sunday, something like that. But I fly on a plane once a year, maybe. And it's just kind of fun. The, the, the pleasure in traveling on an airplane, especially if you're doing it alone. So if you're taking small kids, sorry, this doesn't apply to you. The best part about traveling is, is traveling alone and getting hours in an airport and hours on an airplane where no one talks to you. You don't have to talk back to anyone. You don't have to engage anyone. I can read my book. I can work on my laptop. I can wear my AirPods, listen to whatever I want because it doesn't impact anyone else. Maybe I'll listen to a podcast or some music. Maybe I'll read my book. When I was flying back from Montana this last summer, I finished an entire Seth Partnow book. 
It's on the way to Montana and on the way back. Just crushed it. Crushed. It's like I was back in elementary school when you get to, uh, you got those, you got a bookmark for reading a book or whatever. And if you got, if you read enough books, you would get a free personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut. I can't be the only one that took advantage of that, right? Remember when you were young, you could read a book in like an hour. You just crush it. Read a hundred pages of Harry Potter before bed like it was nothing. Now you expect me to read more than one paragraph. I, I got to scroll to the bottom. It's like, okay, so how, how many words is this? How many paragraphs? Okay, yeah, I think I can probably get this done before lunch or whatever. That's the best part about traveling. You just have time to yourself. And I, if I was a Packers player, I get a nice seven-hour flight to recline, stretch out my legs on this private plane, watch a movie. Again, I'd watch National Treasure. It's my favorite movie. Maybe listen to a little Buffett. And heck, I wonder if they have service on this flight. You think they can order a meal? I'd definitely order a meal. But I'd also pack snacks. So you got to pack plane snacks. Again, what's traveling on a plane if you don't bring some of your own snacks? It doesn't have to be anything substantial. Just, you know, a sweet treat. Maybe some uh, maybe some frosted animal crackers or some goldfish. Goldfish, elite airplane snack. Great airplane snack. I don't know how to describe an airplane snack other than when you see it, you know it. Like a bag of tortilla chips, not an airplane snack. A small bag of goldfish, airplane snack. It's easy. That one's easy. But yeah, Matt LaFleur needs to calm down a little bit. Like like this, they were asking him, you know, what are you going to do on the plane? And I just, I, I don't like this energy. Well, the goal is to sleep. We just don't, unfortunately, they didn't give us a, a plane with a ton of pods. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Pods. Come on now. Enjoy the flight. Enjoy each other's company. Go over there. I'll have an English beer together. Sing in a pub. Right. I, that's what I wish we did in this country. God, that's what I wish. My dream is being at my favorite bar, downtown Lacrosse, or one of my favorite bars. It doesn't have to be anyone in particular. And being with a bunch of friends and people from my community. And then all at once, we rise to our feet, put our arms around each other, and we sing The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald from start to finish in our big, hearty voices, like they used to back in the day at a pub. Everyone would grab their, their pint of ale and they'd stand up and they'd sing together. And I don't know if they still do that in London. Again, I've never been. I was hoping to go with Zach, but that fell through. I don't, I don't know exactly when that fell through, but it, it did at some point. <laughs> wow. This is, we need to end the show with this. I just got a tweet that everyone needs to, this is, this is dudes being dudes. Dudes rock right here. I got a tweet from X-Ray Punk Gaming. At Wisco Grant, just hit a $250 on a pull tab at Bluffside. Cheers, lacrosse. Time for a bloodier three. I want everyone who's able right now to stand up and applaud this man. Outstanding. Outstanding work. And I'm so glad that you you tweeted this in. This was the exact note that I wanted to end the show on. Don't spend all that 250 bucks in one place. Just kidding. Spend it all tonight at that bar. That's what I recommend you do. Or you could take a couple of flights on Spirit. Because that 250, 250 bucks will get you a long way. <laughs> do we have predictions for Packers-Giants? Anyone feel strongly? I think I will take the Packers. Put me under the gun here. Uh, 23-14. 23-10. Something like that. I think that's my final. I think the Packers will hit some big running plays. Also, one thing to watch. Uh, the Giants have no secondary. They're just picking up guys who stink like Paulson Adebo. Just Or not Paulson Adebo. He plays for the Saints. Why can I not think of the guy's name? He's on the Raiders. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. That's too bad. Anyways, they have some cornerbacks who have no business playing cornerbacks right now. 
And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to bully those guys. Maybe Giants cornerbacks. What's his name? Come on, he's with the Raiders. I know he was with the Raiders. New York Giants depth chart. He was called up. This is what a high end of the high note to end the show on here. Cornerback, Aaron Reeves, Holmes, Adoree Jackson, McLeod. The hell of it. I can't. Oh, Fabian Moreau. That's it. There we go. Now we can end the show. Fabian Moreau. He's with the Raiders, right? Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm right. <laughs> Have an awesome weekend, everybody. Enjoy the Packers in London early on Sunday. Enjoy the Badgers. They'll get back on track tomorrow against Northwestern. Fins up. Talk to you Monday. I blew up my flip flop. Stepped on a pot.